You're listening to All the King's Men. The views and opinions expressed are solely those of the host and other contributors. They do not necessarily represent those of the Los Angeles Kings. Now, here's your host, Jesse Cohen. Welcome back, Kings fans. My name is Jesse Cohen. This is All the King's Men. We're going to be discussing the NHL's recent decision not to send players to the 2018 Winter Olympics in South Korea today. We're about three weeks away from the opening of training camp, and I don't know about you, Kings fans, but this summer is dragging on way, way too long. I miss hockey entirely too much. Last week's State of the Franchise event was great, but it is really time for the season to start. You can subscribe to the podcast, never miss an episode. We're going to be there for the rookie camp, for the training camp when they open. You can subscribe on iTunes or any other podcasting app. Subscription links and recent episodes can be found at lakings.com slash podcast. Joining me now, Josh Cooper. How are you doing today, Josh? I am great, Jesse. How are you? I'm good, thanks. I wanted to talk to you about the recent decision by the NHL not to participate in the Olympics. But uh, the I suppose it's a compromise they reached to allow players on AHL contracts and presumably, I'm guessing, ECHL or, or other independent league contracts. Uh, as long as you don't have a two-way deal that allows you to play in the NHL, you can go and play in the Olympics. So it's a sort of semi-professional I mean, they, these are professional athletes, but but not the highest level. Um, Josh, as somebody who's covered multiple uh, events within the world of hockey, what do you think about this compromise? I just don't know what uh, you know. Who's going to want to watch the Olympics again? I mean, it, it's that's kind of the way I see it, and it's it's kind of you know it's what we expected. Uh, I, I think if anything, what it means is that we're they're really not going to go. Uh, I, I think there was a question when the NHL made its strongly worded statement during the regular season. Uh, I guess it was shortly before the end of the regular season that they weren't going to go to the Olympics. There was always some wiggle room and hope and wonder and, and whatever you want to call it that they would actually compromise and go. Well, I think that the NHL is shown with its schedule, uh, for next season, the fact that uh, you know, they have awarded the all-star game and various other things, um, that they are not gonna go to the Olympics. And I think that's sort of where we are right now. And, and this is one of those things that, uh, that kind of leads to that or shows that as well. The, the pool of players available for the larger countries, uh, there's, it's not completely without talent. I mean, there was one article that listed, you know, for example, Gilbert Brule, Max Talbot, uh, Ben Scrivens, a name Kings fans would be familiar with. Guys playing in foreign leagues or who are currently free agents, Shane Doan, Jerome McGinley, players like that, um, who are eligible to make up these teams. You said you didn't know who would watch it. I mean, I, I don't know what time. I'm not, I haven't done the math yet to figure out what time of day these games are going to be on. Um, obviously there's going to be some time, uh, change to consider, but I mean, I anticipate watching the games because I'm a hockey fan and Mm -hmm. as much as I dislike the Olympics as an institution, it's still international hockey, you know, on a, on a big stage and I'll still wind up watching it. The Olympics tend to do a pretty good job of, of turning the events into human interest stories. You don't think there'll be any compelling reason to you know let's say Ben Scrivens is the goalie you don't think his story or some of those other players you know if, if a uh, a journeyman AHL player you know in his late 20s or early 30s has an, an incredible Olympics that that might not be an opportunity for him to 
to get a second look in the NHL the following year? Uh, I, I think that it gives you a chance at a second look, but I mean, let's let's be realistic. I mean, is it, what's a better story? Is it that or is it Sidney Crosby's golden goal? Is it uh, that or is it uh, Dominic Hoshik? And sorry to bring up horrible memories from 98, Jesse, for you. But <laughs> uh, Dominic Hoshik basically stonewalling the entire competition to lead the Czech Republic to a, a gold medal. I mean, it, it, will it be watchable? Sure. I mean, will it be fun? Uh, I guess. But I think that... Uh, when the NHL decided to go to the Olympics in, in 98, it really opened up sort of the possibilities of what could be in this tournament. And we, we've seen all sorts of tremendous, phenomenal, world-class performances by world-class players at playing against world-class players. And you're not going to see that in these games. And the whole point of the Olympics has always been uh, to have the best in whatever sport compete against the best uh you know competition and we don't have that it, it makes the product not as much fun to watch i mean i think of for example uh olympic baseball for uh you know in the summer games just what and i, I actually covered that in 2004 in athens and i mean yeah there were some cool storylines i mean i remember uh the canadian team had uh had stubby clap like my favorite baseball name in the history of you know baseball on that team and, uh, Rob Ducey, probably another guy, Canadian, uh, Canadian fans, another name Canadian fans may remember. Or, uh, you know, there was, you had the Greek team that had a bunch of guys who had some level of Greek lineage playing. I remember Clay Bellinger, uh, who was obviously the father of LA Dodgers hitting sensation Cody Bellinger. Uh, was it Cody or Corey? I don't remember. Cody Bellinger, right? Uh, Oh my God, Jesse. Well, yeah, Cody Bellinger. That's it. Um, sorry. I, uh, it's, it's been, I, 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 did, I have gone to a few Dodger games recently, but I can't quite, uh, the Mets are my team. But anyway, um, uh, you know, they, they were cool stories. I mean, Davey Johnson, the former manager of, uh, you know, the 86 Mets was there, longtime baseball guy, manager other places too, but it, it kind of lacks sort of the, uh, I don't know the drama of having a best on best, but also I'm not going to, you know, bemoan the fact the league's not, the league's not going from their perspective because they are shutting in order to have to go. They have to shut down their entire schedule for X amount of time. And I totally understand that. So you know, I, I think that human, those types of human interest stories are cool, but I don't think that, I mean, you're not going to see, the same people at those games covering the hockey, being around it, um, you're, you're, cause you're not getting the best. And I, I think that that sort of changes the dynamic around it a lot. But the notion of the best always producing drama, I guess I find fault with because we saw the World Cup, which started strong and finished, uh, I don't want to say weekly, but I mean, I lost interest in it the longer it went. And obviously the Olympics is not the World Cup. Well, and I think the players did too, to a degree also. Some of them did at least. And and look, I get it. Three of the teams were totally made up. And so there's that to contend with. But, um, or was it just two of the teams, I suppose? But I mean, you mentioned yeah. the 98 Olympics and how, you know, and that huge, that memorable finish and everything. But other than the the gold medal game and the showdown, you know, where Gretzky wasn't used in the shootout and Hasek had made the incredible save. That wasn't the gold medal game, though. 
Uh, was that the bronze medal? Was that the semifinal? It wasn't the bronze right. medal either. No. <laughs> well, whatever. The point is, <laughs> but I mean, that just goes to show you how you know how much we truly remember these moments. The only other thing I remember from the Nagano Olympics was the controversy surrounding the American team trashing their hotel room. Whereas, well, yeah, yeah. Whereas the '94 Olympics, which didn't use professional uh, hockey players, was just as memorable. And I grant you, it had Forsberg and Korea and and Hirsch and and you know some names that wound up playing in the NHL, who were young talents that everybody knew of. But I just think, you know, drama is made out of out of these moments that you can't predict, not necessarily the best. And so, you know, you mentioned Sidney Crosby's golden goal. Well, that's a great story because it was in Vancouver and it was overtime and it was USA versus Canada. And it was, you know, Crosby, who at the time was young, you know, and and was the new face of the league. And so it all conspired to create this amazing moment. But if Canada had beaten USA five to one in that game and, you know, the goals were spread out amongst, you know, players that weren't Sidney Crosby... Are we all really remembering that game spectacularly? Like, I don't think we are. It's the same as TJ Oshie's shootout goals against Russia. It's USA. It's Russia. It's, you know, he scores, what was it, three or four shootout goals in a row. But I don't, I can't tell you the final score of the game. I can't tell you where USA or Russia finished in the standings because I know neither of them meddled. Um, You know, that game stands out of my memory, but the rest of the tournament is sort of a wash. And so. Like I said, I, I'm not sure that I buy the argument that the, that the Olympics or even the NHL are somehow harmed by not participating with one another. I mean, the, the most memorable Olympics, the 1980, the Miracle on Ice, um, I think is a perfect, a perfect example of why you don't necessarily need NHL players to make great history. Yeah, it's fair. Uh, but that was also a bit of a different time sure. where you had one super team against a bunch of teams that didn't even compare to it and i mean that just excuse me that was sort of a product of the political environment as well as sort of the professional environment as well uh one other thing i'd like to point out by the way you're talking about the uh, 94 canadian team you're forgetting uh canadian legend peter nedved was on that team also (laughs) by the way so was former king manny legacy just, <laughs> yes, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Chris Terrian, yeah, I, mean, I mean, Brian Savage was on that team. But I think we're Adrian, more, Adrian Acoin. I think we're coming at the same point from different angles, which is to say, every Olympics has its own narrative. Every tournament, not even Olympics, every tournament has its own setting, its own context, its own narrative. And you know, I look. The internet and cable has given hockey fans an opportunity to be exposed to more names, more players, more teams than ever before i'm sort of looking forward to finding out who are the best hockey players not in the nhl because a lot of players from the khl will obviously be representing you know russia and possibly the czech republic um you know there's tons of canadians in foreign leagues and in the ahl do we wind up with a team canada and team usa made up of ahl players or do we wind up with a bunch of guys that we actually know but that have gone on to play in Europe or, or, you know, that are almost retired. What if Shane Doan, Jerome McGinley, and, uh, I mean, what if Yarmir Yager doesn't sign a contract but winds up playing for the Czech Republic? I mean, that would be cool. Don't get me wrong. But I, and the other thing, the other thing that the Olympics is doing is that it is, it is enabling players to play in Europe or, or making that a more attractive 
uh, option for guys that can't get contracts. You mentioned Yager, uh, Andre Markov opting to go to the KHL instead mm-hmm. of play in the NHL this year. I mean, it has created some level of drama in that regard, but I don't know. I just feel like we're, we're way too far down the rabbit hole with the best on best type thing. Uh, for me to really get into it, like I, like I did with those tournaments, but I'm not going to say the NHL is, you know, that they made the wrong decision here. I, I, I don't really necessarily believe that. I just, I just know what I like to watch most, but I, I also, but also like, I mean, Jesse, to give you an example, I'm the type of guy who liked to really watch Tiger Woods when he was at his best because I liked just watching him destroy the competition. Like I like seeing stuff like that. I like dynasties. I'm, I'm not a big, I'm not as big a fan of parody or storylines as other people are. So that's just kind of my opinion on that. Well, but aren't you just basically admitting you want to watch Canada win another gold medal? <laughs> well, that's not. I mean, well, here's the other thing too about that is, I mean, this would have been the time that the U.S. would have had Jack Eichel and Austin Matthews. Oh, stop! <laughs> I mean, like, well, no, but I'm just saying it would have had more of a shot. I mean, well, I'm not saying they would have had. They would have won, <laughs> but they would have had a better opportunity. I mean, then you wouldn't have had a situation where you know you had to take or not had to, or you had the option to take Justin Abdelkader. I mean, it's. <laughs> Like, there's no chance he would have made that team. I mean, you just, uh, and sorry for my voice cracking right there. It wasn't meant to happen. But, uh, but anyway, you just, you, you look at that stuff and I mean, yeah, I, I think the U.S. would have had a better chance, but yeah, it's, it's not going to happen. And if anything, I mean, personally, I think it, it does make the NHL product better to have a full season and not have a condensed season like we had last year or a, or a two week break. Uh, like we've had in the past. So, I mean, I, I, I get both sides of the argument to some degree. Uh, but I, I, I like the best on best personally. Um, by the way, I'm now looking at the 94 US team, which actually talent wise, I don't know if it was that much worse than the Canadian team. I mean, you had Mike Dunham and Garth Snow were your tandem and goal. Uh, defense. Yeah. You know, I'm just going to move on from there. Uh, <laughs> Unless you're a big Barry Richter fan. No, not so much. Um, and we got Todd Marchand, uh, Brian Ralston was on that team, Ted Drury, uh, Darby I, Hendrickson. I, I have a soft spot for Ted Drury, personally. I, 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 Dar, Darby Hendrickson, uh, Dave Sacco was uh-huh. on that team, and uh, Peter Ferraro was on that team. Oh, former yeah. Kenny Ray Ferraro's brother, I think. Um, uh, no, no, not no relation at no? all. Nope, no relation. Weren't there, there twins, no, Chris and Peter? Or is yeah, Chris, Chris and Peter, but not, no relation to Ray. Oh. Well, yeah, right. that, go figure. I'm pr- <laughs> and I'm pretty sure they were both drafted by the New York Rangers. And as someone who grew up a Rangers fan, I was I was all about, yeah, I think that, yeah, they were both drafted by the Rangers. And, you know, as someone who was a Rangers fan growing up, I was just like, oh, man, like these guys are the next, you know, great players. And then and nothing, nothing happened. <laughs> Well, uh, now you've thrown me off completely with your Ferraro uh, <laughs> diversion. But, um, you know, look, there's rumors that Ilya Kovalchuk stayed in Russia this year just so he could play in the Olympics. Um, you know, as you mentioned, the, the NHL not taking two weeks is going to be huge. And I will do you one better. One of the things that I didn't enjoy, and, I, you know, full disclosure, it's because I'm a Kings fan. One of the things I didn't enjoy about the previous Olympics was 
all of the t- all of the Sturm and Drang over who should start in goal for Team USA. Um, and part of the reason I don't like the quote unquote, you know, best against best is in the moment you have these fascinating arguments. Should PK Subban be on Team Canada? Should Jonathan Quick be starting in goal for Team USA? Should this player have gone? Should Bobby Ryan have been, you know, invited? You know, is this he can't him? spell intensity right? All of these things, <laughs> yeah. But, I but it, but well, it just that, re- was, that was that was one of the greatest. I mean, not that I believe that, but I mean that was one of the greatest stories I've no, but, ever read. Was but the point the story is, about the making in the, of the moment, team. sure. In the moment, it's a good story to read because you go, ah, that's funny. These clowns don't know what they're doing. But the reality is, what you wind up with then is two or three weeks of everybody standing around in a circle screaming at each other about how what we're watching isn't right. Well, first and, and off, that, I never thought that they didn't know what they were doing. I just thought that it was fascinating just going through the decision-making. I thought that was incredibly interesting. Um, but, uh, I, I mean, I, I get what you're talking about. I mean, it's like, you know, do you take Kevin Shattenkirk or do you, or do you take someone else? I mean, like, there's you – when you have a best-on-best, best, you have so many different options, and – I, I do think what I find really interesting about that is the formula that Team Canada has gone with that has been super successful where they just take centers at forward and basically are like, you guys all play together. And and they do. I mean, there's like with U.S., I always felt like there was a lot more overthinking it. But with Canada. I, but anyway, I mean, I'm. Now, now, here's the problem, Jesse. Now I'm playing into what exactly you were bashing, and this is and this is a major issue <laughs> that I totally understand. Wow, by the way, Brooks Orpic was on the 2014 team. I did not realize that. I totally forgot about that. And, there we are and, again. Me yeah, again. yeah. <laughs> exactly. And BK Subban wasn't, or or was he? I don't even remember. No, he was. I'm he thinking was, of now. Actually, see, I think now he was I'm like getting an extra. No, I'm getting confused like a, with the with the World Cup team where they named Jake Muzzin, but not uh, Subban. But that's an, but that's a perfect example of talking about. <laughs> Anytime that you have a, a room full of general managers, who, as far as I'm concerned, more general managers than not have proven themselves to be inadequate to do the job that they're tasked with. And yet somehow we keep assuming that because there's only 31 of them, that somehow they all must know what they're doing. But I don't, I mean, I'm just going to pick a name at random. So, you know, no disrespect if he's listening, although I'm sure I'm not. Um, You know, I don't, I would trust you to run my NHL team just as much, if not more than I would trust Craig Button. Um, you know, or or Mike Milbury, right? There's all these names that are floating around in the hockey world that are put in charge of these massive national teams. And like I said, we assume that because there's only 31 jobs that the men who hold them currently or who have held them recently, somehow, that somehow the management is the best of the best, right? And And we, you know, you look at Team Canada's roster or Team Russia or Team USA, and it's pretty clear, right? Okay, this is the best of the best. But even once you get past the top teams like Canada, Sweden, or Russia, even when you get into Team USA, then you start having these absurd fights. Is Phil Kessel one of the best? I think at this point, arguably, most people would say clearly. But three years ago, it's not clear how you know how strongly held that belief was. Same with Bobby Ryan. And so if you're going to have best of the best, uh, you have to take management into account. And of course, it doesn't. And so you don't. I guess that's ultimately my problem with the Olympics in general is that the Olympics aren't about the best on the best. And that's what everybody sort of, I think, lies to themselves and says that it is. The Olympics is just a TV show. 
Wow, you're cynical, man. No! <laughs> that's just what it is. Like, the best of the best of any given sport is what that sport's governing body does on a yearly basis, right? If you want to watch the best of the best, watch the NHL playoffs. I I mean, I, I don't know. I, I kind of like having the best countries against the best countries, but I, I, I do believe it's the best on best. And I, I say that only because... Watching Team Canada at the World Cup uh, was a revelation. I don't think I've ever seen hockey played at that level in my entire life. Um, but, I mean, and that's fun for me. I don't know. I, I, I enjoy watching that stuff. But, again, I, I understand why the Olympics, you know, why, why we're not having them this year. And, I mean, the NHL is trying to create some sort of other international calendar. But, uh, I mean, I don't know. Like, I mean, you mentioned a, a couple names on the management side. I mean, first off, I... I, I, I love Craig Button, so do not ever speak ill of that man in my presence, please. Uh, I actually, actually really like Craig Button. I think he's got an incredible passion for the game and, and really knows a lot of different elements of the game. He's a hockey lifer. He's one of those guys, those guys who really gets it. Um, and, you know, I remember, uh, it's kind of funny you mentioned on the management side and just, you know, how you have guys who just sort of get this as a lifetime achievement award or something along those lines. And I'm not going to tell you which manager's name I spoke to on this, but I remember I was talking to a former GM, someone who really was just just slammed out the door, basically, and was just talking off the record about a few things. And his, despite the fact that he was not seen as a very good manager of a team or, or I guess um, under, he didn't understand how to build uh, the right type of team, he was going over different waiver rules with me and salary cap regulations and all sorts of other stuff. Now, granted, do I think I could get brought up to speed on that? I think at some point, yes. But I mean, he he knew a lot more than what people gave him credit for, and so because of that, I always sort of try to give them the benefit of the doubt uh, on that. But um, you know, I I mean, I, I don't know. It's it's always inter- I, I think the one thing that's good about you know, some of these best-on-best best tournaments. Um, and I think that, you know, what the NHL is doing, which is smart, is they're trying to make it their own, like with the World Cup, or they're thinking about doing this Ryder Cup thing or whatever, is it does get people talking about hockey. And you mentioned the frustration with the debates on, you know, P.K. Subban or Brent Burns for the last spot on Team Canada. Because I think Jake Muzzin was one of the early ones, right? Wasn't he? Or was he one of the... I think whatever. So. I don't remember. I don't remember when he was, but... Uh, but I'm pretty sure it was, I, I'm, from what I can recall, it was PK Subban and, and Brent Burns and, uh, a couple other guys at the end for Team Canada. And, you know, it, it does get people talking about hockey and it does bring up debates, which I think ultimately, um, while it may be frustrating for some players, is good overall for the NHL because really, I mean, there are lulls during the season where people, you know, just just don't really want to talk about it, and and this puts it back in the conversation, and I think that's a good thing overall. But yeah, I mean, it still needs to be perfected. But uh, I, I I don't know. I mean, I have a, there, it, it's a very interesting debate and conversation, just because it's uh, it's something that obviously does strike a nerve on a lot of levels because there is an international element to it, and one that I, I do think. Um, international element that does bring up some level of nationalistic pride amongst people, which again, I mean, you mentioned the games with Corey Hirsch and Paul Cree and Peter Forsberg, just how that made an impression on you. And 
it, it created the legend of Peter Forsberg in a lot of ways. Um, you know, it, there is some of that, but I, I do think that the more legendary games, in my opinion, again, do involve the best players on the best players. But again, the 94 Olympics were played in Norway and Sweden won. And I'm not going to pretend that that Sweden being right next door to Norway didn't play a huge role in those Olympics being memorable, right? It, it made a huge impression on me because I was 16. And so, yeah, know, that whatever, that was like the first Olympics, you know. And kept, I was five. <clears throat> right. And, you I'm know, and, I wasn't five. <laughs> and I was in, way older than that. <laughs> but, but, but the 1990 Olympics, right, I would have been 12. I think we had a black and white tiny TV. Like, I wouldn't have watched it. I don't even remember what country was played in. But 1994 Winter Olympics was the first one that I was sort of, consciously aware of you know paul korea wound up on the ducks you know uh, that year or a year later so i mean there were a ton of reasons that it stands out in my memory but you know you mentioned the notion that people talk about the olympics and that that's good for hockey and that's another one of those things that i would just i hear people saying it all the time and i just wonder if it's actually true i don't mm-hmm. i don't for a second question that in years where for example slovenia you know Andrzej kopitar puts the team on his on its back they make the olympics they have a great showing I'm sure it was great for hockey in Slovenia, right? I'm sure there's a boost of hockey players in Slovenia over the, the next years. You know, when Czech Republic won in 98, I'm sure it was tremendous for the sport in Czechoslovakia or in the Czech Republic, excuse me. <coughs> but I wonder, especially in a country like Canada with a population of less than 40 million, where hockey saturation is at peak levels, and in the United States, where hockey saturation is at increasingly high levels, does it really, you know, are we going to get another Austin Matthews 20 years from now because the NHL goes to, you know, the Olympics in 2018? Or or does that athlete wind up playing basketball or tennis or football or, or whatever? And I just don't know that at this point with the internet and cable – and and full media saturation and 31 teams now in markets like Phoenix and Nashville and, you know, and Dallas for 10, 15 years, sometimes 20 years in some of these southern markets, you know, team in L.A. for 50 years now. Um, I just don't know that this notion of, well, getting people to talk about is necessarily a good thing. I don't think it's a bad thing, right? Like, I'm not going to suggest that it would ever be bad for mm-hmm. ho- for hockey for them to go to the Olympics. I guess my end... Uh, feelings is I don't care, and as an NHL fan, I'd rather not see Kings players going to a tournament where they might get hurt, especially given the Kings' record of getting hurt. Well, in, I'm not. Well, well here's the thing. I, I I don't think I ever disagreed with you on the importance of going to the Olympics. I I actually don't. I'm not. While I see both sides of the argument by the NHL and the and and the players, like I, I think that. The league not going to the Olympics carries greater weight, in my opinion, than the league going to the Olympics because you're shutting down the entire league. You're mm-hmm. condensing the schedule. Um, you have players who are getting hurt. You have just, you know, you, you, it, it's just not good for their overall product, uh, which is NHL hockey. Um, and sort of the, the, the players sort of point of view is more this kind of, uh, I don't know if holistic a holistic point of view is the right word, but it's this sort of, I mean, I would not actually idealistic would more be the right term, uh, that, oh, you know, this grows the game and this gives, you know, the, this gives hockey a greater platform. I, I still don't know if it actually legitimately does that. I mean, I agree with you 
and that does the Olympics spawn the next Austin, Austin Matthews? No. Uh, the Coyotes moving to, to Phoenix, or I guess the Winnipeg Jets moving to Phoenix creates the next Austin, Austin Matthews. I don't think the Olympics does that. Uh, but again, if you're asking my opinion as far as what pops for me more as far as entertainment and watching, yeah, with NHL players, without a doubt for me, it does. But I also don't disagree with you that it's, it doesn't make that as much sense to, for the NHL to go to the games when really the actual, um, I guess the benefit of it is, is pretty negligible. I don't know if it really has that much of an impact. And, it really, in a lot of ways, does vary country to country because, look, I mean, the games are going to be in South Korea. Population there is pretty small. It's not like you're going to be getting a major influx of, of people from South Korea who want to play hockey, whereas the next games in Beijing, look, the NHL is already targeting that as, as a really, really big, or I guess targeting the Chinese market, so to speak, as a really big uh, location where they can make a massive footprint. And I mean, I, I think they end up going there. Uh, but, you know, I, I, but that's a different situation because China has such a big population and has so much business and a lot of, uh, a lot of growth potential as far as sports and, and hockey specifically. So, uh, it's interesting. It's a, it's a really, it's an interesting debate. Um, it certainly is one that will continuously evolve. And I, I, you know, look at, it's something fun to talk about as uh, as we hit uh, August here in the summer. Yeah, the notion of of the Olympics helping spread the sport to to new media markets in the hopes that that might quote unquote grow the business and that therefore you know if 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 that can somehow lead to an increase in the salary cap, right? Which is I think everybody expects to be stagnant if not shrink over the next coming years. Um, that's an argument that I find compelling, I suppose, right? If you could say, well, sending the best players, you know, to play in these tournaments that have the eyes of the world on them, and then that will build interest in foreign markets, and then that interest will translate to television ratings or, or to foreign TV deals, and that that's revenue that can be then pumped into the sport, which will increase the salary cap, but I'm not even sure I like the salary cap. I'm not even sure that I know what the benefit of having it increases. Obviously as a Kings fan, I would like it to go up because, because it would be, you know, short term helpful for the Kings, but I'm not, I'm not sure that, that playing that scenario out actually does uh, provide any tangible benefit. But like you said, it's an evolving debate, and uh, and it sounds like you're making a sandwich. So, Josh Cooper, I'm going to let you I'm go. Not, whoa, 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 whoa. No, <laughs> I was not. Actually, I, 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 uh, I, I accidentally knocked a bottle cap off of the counter. Oh, all right. Uh, I, I, I don't know what, you're, what you mean as far as making a sandwich. Uh, I, I, first off, Jesse, it's Bachelorette <laughs> Men Till All Night. So oh, well. <laughs> we're going to a friend's house to watch that. So that's number one. Number two, for Bachelorette Nights, we don't do sandwiches. We go all out, which I think tonight's going to be some sort of pasta concoction. Um, but uh, but anyway, I, I did want to actually, you did touch on something that I did want to uh, kind of respond to, if that's okay. Sure. Because I thought it was pretty interesting. Uh, the league is a business. And you talked about if there's a way to sort of create a, a higher level of revenue, so to speak, uh, to help increase the salary cap. I think everyone 
benefits from something like that if the league is a more profitable business. And I think that was sort of the goal in some respects was to try to finally um, get some level of tangible benefit from this whole Olympic experience monetarily. And I, I think that the league just saw um, saw the uh, International Olympic Committee just keep continuously not not give them more, but take more away. And this is hence why we are where we are. And, uh, you know, another argument, too, on that is the fact that if the NHL, you know, owns the rights to the best on best tournaments, like, say, the World Cup or the Ryder Cup or whatever else they're going to they're looking to do, then more people will tune into those. And that becomes kind of the the it tournament, so to speak. So there, there's a lot of moving parts here. It's uh, it's it's a very fascinating debate. And I, I, I think that it's certainly not over yet, though I do think for the 2018 games, it's pretty clear that uh, that the NHL is definitely not going. They're moving ahead with the schedule as is from what I can see, and it would be a, a major shock if anything changed at this point. And look, I'd be fine with the NHL controlling the dominant international competitions. As far as I'm concerned, the Olympics is a completely anachronistic corrupt, gross organization. Like, I don't have anything nice to say about the Olympics, but I wanted to spare everybody my soapboxing on, on one of the more, on one of the yeah, more we, popular institutions. That well, the not just has that, Jesse, Jesse, it's the day that uh, it was reported that LA is going to be getting the 2028 games. Which I, I can't even tell you how, how I'm I happy think it's, I am with I that. think it's going to be great, actually. That's because that's... you've never lived in the city during, <laughs> during no, but a traffic I've, I've been to th- nightmare I've been to three like that. Ga- I've I've been to three games though, and I think if there is one city that can really handle a games, it's it's this one, just based on overall size, infrastructure, and everything else. Sure, and I think they do a great job. But I do you like traffic, you know, Josh Cooper? Can it get any worse than it is right now, though? Oh, I mean, seriously. Oh, like, you, you have not watched enough horror movies in your life. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like seriously, I mean, it's it's already bad. I mean. It, Whatever. So what? I it's oh. it, it, it's I I think it would I think if there's one city that can do this and pull it off and do a great job at it, it's this city more than any other place I've ever been to that's hosted a game. So like I really really do think that. That's also because I I I I don't know. Like I just feel like it has the right size. It's spread out enough. It has the right number of locations. But and not just that. Uh, we have what would it be eleven years to prepare for it. Um, that's an incredible cushion that a lot of cities don't have. Well, I hope you're right. Uh, certainly the city has the facilities and the population and the, uh, and as you said, the, the resources and the time, but I don't like the Olympic Josh Cooper and I'm not sad to see the NHL not participating in them. I want to thank you for joining me. Thank you. Uh, thanks for having me on. And I promise, uh, that I won't make any more references about the Wait, shoot. I just did. I just edited that out, so uh, everybody listening will have no idea what you're referencing. <laughs> Thanks for listening, Kingstans. We'll talk to you soon.